what a blessing it is to be here with you this morning, and just what an honor it is to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Your word, Lord, is our lamp and our light. As we seek to uphold your laws, we've gathered to praise your law, to praise your name, to praise you. God, let your spirit descend among us that we might become your people perfected through your love. Open our eyes, ears, and hearts that we might see you better, that we might hear your voice clearer, that we might know and love you more. It's my prayer that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So today, I will not be before you very long today. I just want to share with you a reminder of the power and authority of our words. And as you look at the slide, um, let me step up As you look at the slide, this is, her name is Joy. So the scripture today is be joyful in hope. So you see how I highlighted that joy? I'm going to send this to her. I'm going to send this to her. So be joyful in hope and patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Romans 12, 12. So we already heard the scripture earlier today. But what I wanted to say, and I'm not going to take a whole lot of time to say this, but sometimes I think um, in all of our theological studies and all of the stuff that we went to school to learn, we sometimes get so caught up trying to make sure that the message is so theologically sound that we sometimes really miss the message that God really has for us. And so, with that being said, Joy is my coworker. So for those of you who do know and those who don't know, I work for NCC Mennonite Central Committee, in addition to being here with you all during the weekends. Um, and Joy is our Executive Administrative Assistant, if that's her title. I'm not sure, but she works in the office. And um, Joy, you see her smile? She's always joyful. However, Joy had been on a trip to, um, I think she went on a trip to Bolivia as part of the learning tour that NCC offers from time to time. And when she came back from the trip, Joy had an issue with her right eye. She had some kind of medical emergency. So she had been on this wonderful trip, had this wonderful experience, came back, and then had this issue with her eye took her out of the office for a few days, maybe even a few weeks. So she was getting ready to come back to work, and then she got COVID. And so she couldn't even come back to the office. But in this affliction with her eye, she had a bandage on it, she couldn't see very well, she had to have a procedure and all of that stuff. So then that was her first affliction, then she got COVID, her second affliction. So she's getting ready to come back to work, had this other affliction. So we were talking, we went on a learning tour a couple of weeks ago. I told some people that I was in West Virginia, um, the SWAP, and SWAP is one of the programs that MCC coordinates or facilitates, and SWAP is sharing with Appalachian people. And so that work is done in Kentucky and parts of West Virginia. So we were there in West Virginia together, and during that time I got to know Joy a little bit better. And while we were talking, Joy shared with me that every year she chooses a scripture to read and memorize for the entire year. So this was her scripture. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So as we were talking, because every time I would talk to her or see her, I would ask her, well, how are you doing? How's your healing coming along? And things of that nature. 
So Joy started telling me about prescription and how things were going, and then she would say, um, but I can't understand why it seems like it's taking so long for it to heal. She's looking for this quick, total healing, like right away. No, though the doctor said to her, it's going to take some time. Like, you know, we'll remove the bandage, you'll be able to see, you just won't be able to see 100%, but you'll be able to see. So Joy was like, I can't wait to see, I need to see everything, I need to see everything. And so um, then, as we were talking, she said to me, but it dawned on me one day. I heard the Spirit say to me, be joyful and hope, patience in affliction. She asked for patience in her affliction, but she hadn't been afflicted. So now here it is, here's her affliction, and now she's learning how to be patient in her affliction. Sometimes we have to be careful what we ask for. We ask for things, thinking that we're going to get all the good stuff that we want, and sometimes we get some of those things that we don't want. But when we get those things that we don't want, what do we need to do? We need to be patient in the way for those things that we're hoping for. So Joy was learning this lesson of how to be patient in affliction. And so I put her picture up here, because as we were in Swap, um, we went to this place. This is called Pinnacle Rock. Pinnacle Rock is 3,100 feet above sea level. And it was a climb of this mountain to get to the top of the rock. But it was worth it when we got to the top, because you can look out and you can see nothing but God's glory. And so Joy got to the top of that rock. And when she got there, so when you look at the picture, it kind of looks like she's just standing in front of a green screen, like a screen table. But she is really standing on that rock. And so one of the photographers took this picture, and she has a phone in her hand, and she FaceTimed her husband so that he could see all the glory that she was able to see with her afflicted eyes. Because while she's thinking she can't see everything that God had for her, she was still able to see his glory. So even in the midst of the things that we're going through, even when we're afflicted from time to time, God's glory is still present. It's still present if only we can see it. So Joy was able to see her patient, being patient in affliction and to still see God's glory. So this was just another picture of that. So I said all that to say that we have to be careful what we ask for. Um, and trying to just remember the story correctly, she was just telling me that she opened her Bible and kind of fell to the scripture. And that's what she's been studying all of this time. And so... I wanted to share with you, um, knowing and acknowledging the power and authority in our words, someone may be thinking, well, Joy might have still had the affliction whether she was reading that scripture or not. And that could be true. But the difference here is that because she was studying this scripture, she heard God's voice and she was reminded that she needed to be patient in that affliction. And that it was just also just saying to us, we need to be careful what we're asking for. So even in studying the scripture, be mindful of what you're reading. Ask God to open it up so that you can hear and understand what he's trying to share with you. So when we ask or pray for something, or even sometimes just in conversation, when we're speaking of things, we want to be careful of what we're speaking of so that we don't cause harm to ourselves or to someone else. Because the word tells us that what's in the heart proceeds from the mouth. Friends, my question for you today is, what is in your heart? Is the love of Christ in your heart? Do you have joy in your heart? 
And I thought about last week when um, Liz was doing a camp song for us, and there's another camp song that's, I don't know the exact title, but I know the words, with it's joy, 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 down in, see, somebody else knows it, down in my heart, and then we say where? Yes, that's what I'm talking about, down in my heart. Down in my heart, where's your joy? Where's your joy? Is it down in your heart? So do you have joy in your heart? Because I've got the joy in my heart. Joy has joy in her heart. But how can we have the joy in our heart? Because the one line that says, where to stay? Do we have that joy in our heart to stay? We have to know where joy comes from. Well, where does it come from? Can I give you joy? I cannot. Joy comes from God. Happiness, I might be able to provide you with something that makes you happy. But I can't give you joy. That comes straight from God. But we know that because we study the word and we memorize the word. So our words should be used to build up, not to tear down, to encourage, not to discourage, to speak life, not to summon death. Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. I truly believe that our words matter. It matters how I speak to my husband. It matters how I speak to my children. It matters how I speak to my neighbor. And it certainly matters how I speak to each of you. It matters that I choose to speak with the love and the voice of Christ. Our words matter. And because our words matter, it is necessary to memorize scripture. We don't memorize scripture just because it is what we should do as a believer. It is what we should do to know and understand who God is. It is what we should do to ward off the attacks of the enemy. When you find yourself facing temptation, the Bible tells us to submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee. We find that in James 4 and 7. We don't memorize scriptures for memory's sake. We memorize because we are to study the statutes and meditate on them day and night. We are memorizing so that when we feel anxious, when we feel sadness, when we feel depression and despair, we can turn to Philippians 4 and take the advice of the Apostle Paul and be anxious for nothing but in all things by prayer and supplication. Now, does that mean that each time we experience anxiety or depression, that quoting or reading the scripture will fix it? No, but what it does mean is that the scripture is a starting point for moving in the right direction for coping. We won't go into the different levels of mental health diagnoses that require professional treatment by those who have been trained to do so, but we will remember that God gives us his word so that we can turn in the right direction and move forward. He has also given us the counselors and the mental health specialists to help us along the way. When I refer to today's scripture, and it says, be faithful in prayer. I hear these words in my own mind. Be committed to praying. Pray without ceasing, as we find in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. I also hear Isaiah 40 and 31. Wait on the Lord. Faithful is to have belief, to believe that what you're asking for can and will be answered. Ask what you will and it shall be given to you. Knock and ask and the door shall be opened. Not only is prayer asking, but prayer is also thanksgiving. It's also a time to give thanks and praise for all that he's done and for all that he's provided. Prayer is also a time of adoration and confession. Typically, when people are new believers or someone says, but I don't know how to pray, there's a simple formula for how to pray that we can offer them. 
And it's a model and a method that I still use today. And it's, the acronym is ACTS, or the, the mnemonic is ACTS. A for adoration, C for confession, T for thanksgiving, and S for supplication. Adoration of giving God praise, loving him, telling him who he is and why you love him. Confession, confessing your sins, and then giving him thanks for what he's done. And then your supplication, your ask, what it, what it is that you're asking for. So I said I wouldn't be long, so I'm getting ready to close. Um, and I'd like to close with this. If you engage with social media, such as TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, you sometimes see all of these challenges. Remember the ALS ice bucket challenge? People were dumping buckets of ice on them, like, why would you do that? Um, there's a Benadryl, a Benadryl challenge, and even an eye challenge, and I don't really know what they all are, but I just know that they're out there. When I see challenges from other influencers, like challenging to eat better, or challenging to exercise more, I sometimes think, why does it have to be a challenge? Is the word challenge motivating? Maybe, but not for me. One definition for the word challenge is a call to take part in a contest or a competition, especially a duel. Everything is not a competition. Um, as I was working on the message and being convicted in my own spirit, I was thinking about how I want to challenge you, but not challenge you, I want you to replace the word challenge with the word commit. I would like to encourage you to commit to choosing a scripture that is encouraging to you. A scripture that compels you to want to live and love as Jesus did and as Jesus does. I want you to commit to memorizing the scripture over the next 29 days, so yes, you got homework. Um, and I'm gonna check on November 19th, when we come back to service, and every I got a picture right here of every face that I see. <laughs> Call your friends who didn't come today. Um, Aubrey's out sick, I'm gonna text her myself. <laughs> we have to come back on November 19th with the scripture that you've chosen to study, to meditate on, to memorize if you can, over the next, 20, over the next 29 days. I want you to come back prepared to discuss why you chose that scripture. What impact did it have over your life over the past 29 days or within those 29 days? So this means that not only will you be memorizing the scripture, but you'll be taking notes on how the scripture is impacting you from day to day. It may impact you the way you think, may impact the way you think about some things, the way you respond to some things or to some people, the way you speak. Scripture memorization is not for memory's sake, but for impact, impacting your life, impacting the life of others. If we believe that Jesus is the center of our faith and that community is the center of our lives and reconciliation is the center of our work, then let's get busy and let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in his sight. And this begins with his word that instructs, admonishes, gives us joy, strength, peace, hope, and love. It's up to us to receive it and to share it. And this occurs when we meditate on the word day and night and then act upon it. So I'll start. I'm going to commit to memorizing. Now I'm really not good at memorization, but I'm gonna try. Ephesians 1, verses 11 and 12. And the words are, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything 
in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Now I'm choosing this because from time to time, when I'm discouraged in my calling, when I'm discouraged in my work, when I'm just discouraged in life, period, I need to be reminded that there is purpose for what I'm doing. I need to be reminded that, like the prophet Jeremiah, God has a plan for me, plans to prosper me and not to harm, plans for a hope and a future. Now, while it may look bleak, just as it did for the Babylonian, Babylonian exiles in the book of Jeremiah, there is hope on the other side of the tribulations that we, that we experience from day to day. They were encouraged to hang in there until their change occurred. But guess what? They were told that their change would not occur for 70 years, which means that some of them would make it and some of them wouldn't see the change occur. Yet God wanted them to find peace in the midst of the situation. So to memorize this scripture, make it a part of my daily walk, is to hope and the assurance that I need that God's plan for my prosperity and hope for my future is in play and is waiting for me to walk into. Now please understand, when I speak of prosperity, I'm not one of those prosperity preachers who talk about, oh, believe you're going to get a new car, believe you're going to get a new house, and it shows up. I'm talking about my well-being and my peace. Friends, God desires us to draw closer to him, day by day, minute by minute. And that draw can occur when we regularly engage with the scriptures. We are committing to knowing God just a bit more each time. Be encouraged on this journey as you draw closer to Christ, who is the center of our lives. And as I was working on this, I just chuckled out loud because in the black church, when a person gets up in the mic to say something, they'll say, this is the first thing they'll say, oh, giving glory to God who is truly the head of my life. And then they'll go on with what they're saying. And so um, when I was reading this and thinking about Palmer Becker's condensed version of you know, the things that we believe, Jesus is the center of our life. We are to give him glory and to give him honor. And so when we wake up with those thoughts on our minds, before we open our mouths and we have that thought on our mind that Jesus is the head of our life, that God is the head of our life, how different would our conversations be? How different would our actions be? And that begins when we read the word. That begins when we study the word. And so again, I didn't get a chance to talk with Leora this morning or last week as I was working on this message because she is the coordinator of the memory verses. Is that just for children? Or is that for everybody? I'm sitting here saying, why not open up for anything? So my thought was, let's work together. If it's for the children, but we as adults need to memorize scripture too, because we talked about this my very first day here with you. Remember I asked, um, what scriptures did you memorize as a child? Most of us learn early on about John 3.16. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that's one of the first scriptures that we learn. Um, we can't walk away from what we learn as young children because it need, we need to take it with us day by day. So here we have Leora, who's already volunteering to help coordinate this with me. So we will work together. That's what we do. We talked about community. We're working together as a community because I'm responsible for you just as you're responsible for me. We are our brothers and our sisters keeper. And the Bible also tells us that when you see your brother falling, help pick him up. 
That's not what it says exactly, but that's what it means. When you see your brother sinning, stop him. Tap him on the shoulder. If we know the word, because the Bible says, that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Oh, another scripture that I've learned somewhere along the way. We got to memorize the scriptures. This is how we stay away from those things that tempt us. Jesus was tempted. How did he get away from the enemy? He used the scriptures against him. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. So just a reminder as we close, we've been given authority from God to ask for those things that we desire. We have authority to speak things into existence. And we also are to use the words that we've learned in his word to encourage and build one another up for the glory of the kingdom. If you need some assistance with finding the scripture, I'm sure there's several people in here who will be willing to help you, to assist you. Pray and ask God, what should I be learning? What do, you, what do you want me to memorize? What will help me? Use your concordance in the back of your Bible. Talk to Leora. Talk to me. Talk to any of the elders. There are many people who will be willing to assist you. Um, if I'm wrong in saying that, then just see me. I want to take a moment just to ask God to join us in this journey. Lord, we seek to be doers of the word, not merely hearers. It's so easy for us to lose sight of what we've pledged to do in your name. Grant that in our hearing of the joys and concerns, the sorrows and the celebrations of our fellow Christians, our sisters and brothers in the Lord, we may be inspired to comfort, cajole, and constantly abide with each other, praying for each other and with each other, remembering the words of your Son and our Savior, and our, and our Savior. It's in your Son, Jesus' name, we just ask that you join us in this journey of getting to know you better. Amen. Go in peace.